Welcome to today's online message from Long Eaton Oasis Christian Centre. We are a church at the heart of the community, with a heart for the community. And we're so glad that you've joined us. We hope that you'll be inspired and encouraged today. Please don't hesitate to contact us. If you want to find out more, you can visit our website, www.longeatonoasis.co.uk, or you can direct message us. So please turn with me to uh, James um, chapter 4. So we're going to look at James chapter 4 and verses 1 to 10. And uh, the solution to the pollution is the pollution solution is, the, is, a, 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 is a brief title. And uh, that's where we're going to go um, over the next few moments. So please turn with me to James chapter 4. I'm reading from the NIV and it reads like this. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Verse 1, among you. Don't they come from the desires that battle within you? You desire but you do not have, so you kill. You covet but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives, that you may spend uh, what you get on your pleasures. Verse 4, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think the scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us, but he gives us more grace? That's why scripture says God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Verse 7 reads like this then, submit yourselves, then, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Up. So we're, we're looking and we're working our way through the letter that a man called James, one of the early founders of the early church, wrote a group of Christians scattered throughout the then known Roman world, but particularly probably in the areas of Judea and Samaria, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, what we would we call them the Middle East, where there's troubles at the moment in the Middle East, it's particularly in that area, but also Believers that were scattered a bit further afield. And these were believers that were, were being scattered and challenged and, and undergoing a bit of hardship. And uh, we, we, just as a bit of a recap while we're looking at James. And he... Um, oh, yeah, it comes and goes, that, that signal. And, and so he... Uh, we, we, so God has believed the brother of Jesus, one of the early founders of the Jerusalem church probably was one of the early martyrs of the Jerusalem church. And so when he speaks and writes, he writes as someone that knows Jesus very personally. And uh, a lot of Bible commentators say his letter is very much Jesus' teaching. Very succinct, very upfront, very to the point, quite in your face. Uh, it's like, it's like a, a jolt to the system. It wakes us up, as it were. It's a wake-up call to, to, to the spirit, to the heart. And that's the style that he writes in. It's, it's quite, it, it, you and I might say to that, well, it's a bit in your face. <laughs> it's a bit too much. It's straight to the point. But boy, is it, it, it's, a, it's like a, 
a, a, a, a, a spiritual wake-up. So when you read James, it really does. If, if you read it with an open heart, and I know that it can almost overwhelm you, but if you read it with an open heart, it can really revive the, the soul and the spirit. And so that's why we're, we're looking at it together. Um, so, um, you know, pollution is uh, basically this sort of toxic substance, I suppose you could say, toxins released into the atmosphere, into the world, during the course of human activity. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to talk about climate change or, or, or any of that sort of stuff. But basically, and I've been very, very basic, but pollution, it's in, in, the, in the course of human activity and human beings living and doing life, we, we, through, through the acti active... Uh, doing life and being and, and carrying out our lives and human activity in the everyday life, we have these different chemicals and substances that, that prove to be sort of, over time, toxic. They're, you know, whether it's CO2 released over into the atmosphere, you know, diesel particulates, whatever it might be. And, and there's so much more. And I'm not qualified to speak on that. But generally speaking, that's what I'm saying. But, so, but, uh, so, so, but the thing is this, I think also as a Christian... And as a person, as I live my life, as we take, go about our everyday life, and we mix and we live our lives and we get on with our lives and, you know, we, you know, going to work and coming home and interacting and living with people and buying stuff and doing stuff and my leisure and, and meeting people and mixing with people, falling out, falling in love. In, in the everyday mix of life, in the everyday practice of life, there's a, there, there, there's a sort of a spiritual toxicity there's a spirit, there can be like a spiritual pollution, as it were, that, that we can imbibe over time. Uh, a spiritual CO2 or spiritual diesel particulates or whatever you might, I don't know, I don't know. And, and, and so I, I just want to look at that for a moment or two. And I sort of feel that this is what James is sort of saying. It's my take, my heart's take on what maybe James is saying and can, can be applied to us today. So... There's a sort of a spiritual, as it were, pollution, and there's a solution to that pollution. And so the, 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 the pollution, uh, James, there's three things that I want to say about this passage. And the pollution is the love of self and the love of the world. That's, that's what I'm going to come to in the next couple of minutes. Um, the love of self and the love of... The, so the first thing of the pollution is the love of self. And this is what James talks about. We'll look at that in a moment. In the everyday run of life, there's a, there's a danger that we can imbibe as toxicity, little by little, that builds up. Diesel particulates, little by little, then, you know, microparticles, or whatever they're, they're saying, in, in, in the water, plastics, microplastics, uh, even smaller than micro. It, little by little, it builds up in the system. The, the, the love of self. Little by little, it builds up in the system. That's the first thing. The second thing that we're going to then look at is the love of the world. And we'll look at what that means. This is what James talks about. Little by little. That's the sort of the pollution. The solution, the third thing, is that then it's the solution, is the love of God or love for God. So we're going to look at the love of self, the love of this world, the love for God. Three things. Two, the pollution. The final one, love of God. The solution. Okay, so that's where we're going to go. 
So, first of all, the love of self. And we, we see this in James chapter 4, verses 1 to 3. Would you, you look at it there? We'll look at it together. And this is what I'm referring to as the pollution of life as we, we get and live our everyday life. It says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Right? You desire, but you do not have. So you kill, covet. You covet, but you cannot get what you want. In other words, covet means you, you see stuff, you think, I've got to get that. Give me, give me, give me that. You know, give me that thing. Give me, you know, get, I've got to get this. That's to covet, right? Right? Uh, so you quarrel and fight. Uh, you do not have because you do not ask God. And then he says, when you do ask, you do not receive because it's for the wrong motive. It's gimme, gimme, gimme. My, my, my. I, I, I. It's gimme, it's get, get, get. It's not wrong to, can I just say, it's not wrong to have stuff. Not things, things in life, you know, there's, there's the stuff of life. It's not, that's not wrong. But it's me, 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 get, 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 my, my, my. It's, it's when God is left out. And this is, that, that's, what, that's, what we're, that's what James is getting at here, okay? And uh, in, in the age in which we live, which is our society is based on a consumer culture. So when they talk about increasing the GDP, we've got to buy more. That's the culture. That, that, I, I'm not, you know, whether he was right or wrong. I, I'm just, that, that's, that's the gist of it. That is the, I know it's, I'm being very simplistic. I'm a simple person. But, it, but when they say increase the GDP, it's, it's bye, bye, bye. And um, yeah, so, so, so this is what, so James says this. And so um, it's interesting. I say interesting, it, it, I suppose a little bit macabre, but one of the most highly requested songs or song or piece of music at a funeral is My Way. Yeah. It's the song My Way. You know, Frank Sinatra sung, I did it my way. Uh, that, that is an epitaph on human nature, on humanity. Me. And this is what James is getting at. It's dangerous. It's, it's pollutive. It's a toxin if you don't watch it. Little by little. Little by little. It's not wrong to think about yourself at times. You do need to look after your health. You need to look after yourself. I, we're, not, that's, that's, we're not saying that. That's right. It's absolutely right. It's, it's, it's weighted where it's me to the detriment that we, 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 we lose our way. We've lost our way. with. And so humanity today has lost its, generally speaking, human beings have lost their way with God. And it's finding our way back to him through his son, Jesus Christ. Uh, that's what I'm getting at. And um, that's, a, that's an epitaph, isn't it? Um, in, basically, what, what, what James is, 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 is getting at here, it's when we centre our life on myself rather than I, I'm centred in God, the creator and father of all. It's when I'm, when when I'm centred in just me, 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 to the detriment where, where I've turned my back. This is what sin is when human beings, man and women, men and mankind, mankind, whatever you want, you know, uh, we turn our back on God and it's just my, my way, not God's way. And, and this is what James is getting. It's a pollutant. It's highly dangerous for a spiritual soul. Now you can say, well, I'm a, believer, I'm a Christian, I, but you, we can imbibe this. Just like you breathe the atmosphere and you, can, you breathe in diesel particulates, particulates, is that what they call them? Yeah, little, little micro, it builds up. So can the self this sort of self, me, me, me centered attitude build up in the soul. And this is what James is getting at. He's really warning. He's very stark the way he speaks. It, 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 he speaks there. And uh, so self satisfaction is a detriment 
where we should find ourselves in God's satisfaction. We, we have been, we haven't got time to go into this now, from, Gen, from the Genesis, the creation account, but we've been designed and created by God to be with God. Human beings, we're made in the image of God. That's what Genesis tells us. And so we're designed and made to be with God, to enjoy God, and God to enjoy us. A relationship, in other words. That's the height of human enjoyment. The height of human enjoyment is to enjoy God and be enjoyed by God in relationship. It's the pinnacle of existence. It really, it, that, 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 that's, that's what Genesis introduced. That's what Jesus comes back to bring, to bring us back to God. That is the height of life. And uh, me, me, me says, I, I, I enjoy me. It's not wrong to enjoy your space and enjoy your life, that, but to the detriment whereby I'm self-centred rather than God-centred. And this is what James is getting at. And this is the danger of loving of the self. Um, a man called Chuck Swindle, Charles Swindle, said this, the world's smallest package is a man wrapped up in himself. It's a very limiting world when you're wrapped up in yourself. Charles Swindle said, and he, when he says man, he means mankind, all men and women, human beings. The world's smallest package is a man wrapped up in himself. How limiting is that? My, it's my, me, my, we think that's everything. And for so, for so many people, it's just me, 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 my, my, my. And it's just so small to be wrapped up in ourselves. It's the smallest package in the world could ever know. And yet to know God and be with God is the expanse of all things and everything. The depth and height of his love. It's quite incredible. And so, it, so, so, so James is very stark. He said, look, it's the, it comes from the desires that battle within you. Self, love of self. They're battling within you. And, and, and then it causes us to covet. I want, want, want. You know, and that's what advertising's about. You know, at the end of the day. Facebook advertising, you know, all, all social media advertising. Smart advertising. You've only got to talk about it. Alexa's heard it, and then you, you go and Google something, you think, oh my word, it's there. And, 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 it, and it's, to, it's to, and, and to, to, to get you, it's, in other words, to hook, to hook you, basically. Now, I know I'm being a cynic, <laughs> but, but that's what it's about. That's what, it's, that's, what this, that's what this age is about, right? And cause uh, quarrel and fight. He says, you, you ask, but it's with the wrong motive because it's just on your pleasure, our pleasure is founded, our enjoyment is founded in God, loving God and being loved by God. And you can enjoy your life, and it's not wrong to have things. But if we find our enjoyment from things, it's a very small, hollow life. I tell you something, the pandemic taught us that. If we haven't learned anything as human beings, during the pandemic, when a lot of stuff got taken away, it showed up the hollowness of the world is your oyster, bye, 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 get, get, get. I, I know people then turn online <laughs> and bought, maybe bought more or whatever, I don't know. But um, you didn't get, even get the deliveries for one season, did you? So, it, it, so, so, so this, is, this is the danger, uh, the, 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 the very danger of the love of, the love of self. Um, but it's not wrong to have things, but it's when things have us. When we've, we, our life is so small that things have us. Uh, God should have us. Our hearts, God should have us. He's the creator of all. When God has us, the whole world opens up. 
He gives us everything. He says, you give me your whole life and I will give you the whole universe of eternity of my love. That's quite incredible. It's quite an amazing thing to happen. A man called Dwight L. Moody, uh, uh, a great uh, 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 an evangelist and Christian, said this, God sends no one away empty except those who are full of themselves. I thought that was a brilliant, brilliant I, I, thought, oh, I thought, wow, you know, it's, there's, there's a lot of clever people who say amazing, pithy things. I thought, wow, God sends no one away empty except those who are full of of themselves. Love of just self, me, 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 is, pollu- is pollutant. And beware, and beware. And so this is what James... Second thing that we see is this. I want to move on um, and uh, uh, moving on. Um, uh, three things that I said we're going to look at. The love of the world. Second pollutant is love of the world. And we'll look at what that means. You, you see this in um, verses four and five. If you have a look at verse four and five, very stark. Now, James doesn't mince his words. Boy, oh boy. He says, you adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you, uh, or do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us, but he gives more grace that is why scripture says God opposes the proud but shows favour to the humble. Those that, that, that find friendship with the world, or, or uh, we'll look at another verse in a moment that talks about loving the world in a moment or two. Friendship with the world or loving the world. What, what, you know, this is a beautiful world. I mean, I believe that God made this world, so we should love creation, we should look after our planet, love it in that respect. We should, Jesus even said that we should love our neighbour as ourselves. We should love people. Um, but so, so what's he saying? It, it, what's he saying about, about, about being a friend of this world? Um, what, what, what's he getting at? Because So in, in the New Testament, there's, the, there's an understanding of the world as in loving the creation, loving the, the beauty, you know, the country, you know, the, 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 the beauty of this world, you know, animals, you know, to love, and it's not wrong to love life and the, the, the beautiful gift of life and, 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 and even some of the things that come. It's, it's not wrong to enjoy those things. So, so there's, a love for the, there's, a love, there's a love of the world in that respect. The way in which James is speaking is, is a love for the way of this world. And this is the difference. And there's a number of verses that, that's, that can be translated this way. And this is what James is using when he says about not being a friend of this world or loving this world. He's saying, he's meaning the way of this world. In other words, the way of thinking and living that the world says is right and proper. That the age, this age says. I think I'll try and keep still and then it won't go on and off screen. Maybe the iPad's telling me, keep still. So I will. So that's what he's getting at there. The world's way of thinking and living. This world's way of life. So you'll find things in our world that are acceptable and become law that are not God's way. The way of this world. You're seeing that accelerated as as the way that this world moves further from God and further away from God 
and the teachings of God and the heart of God, you find that our world will pass laws that are completely in reverse to God's heartbeat. And they'll become the law of our land. They'll become the way of this world. And, and um, that's, that's, that's what James is saying here. It's the way of this world, the way of thinking, the way of living. And, and he, or a way of life that this world says is acceptable. And that's what James is getting at here. That's exactly where he's coming from. And so he uses terms like this. You adulterous people. Um, the word adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship the world is an enmity towards God? It, the, the church, you and I as, as believers, we are, we are called the bride of Christ. And so to, to, to love the world is to unlove. The bride goes off, commits adultery. This is, this is the very stark language that James is using. It's really in your face. It's as, it's as acute and as dangerous as that for our hearts and lives and our relationship with God. To love the way of this world, the thinking of this world, what is acceptable by this world, when it is in opposition to God. Okay, He says it's adultery. Uh, he says friendship with the world is enmity with God. It's enmity. It, it, it's chalk and cheese. It's a complete anathema. He can't say any more than that. It's quite incredible. You know when you hear somebody say, oh, they're a very worldly person, and everybody sort of rolls their eyes. It's a, it's a word that you might not hear so much said these days. Sometimes it might be a bit religiously speak, we, and in church we sometimes think, oh, that's religious speak. But um, to be worldly is to follow the will and the way of this world in opposition to the will and the way of God revealed through his son Jesus Christ. How about this? These are some verses from uh, 1 John. This is very stark. 1 John, chapter 2, reads like this. Do not love... 1 John 2, uh, verses 6 to 10, says this. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything of this world, lust of the eyes, the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away. Listen to this. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God will live forever. As I said earlier, the pandemic taught us something. The world and its desires can go just like that. If we haven't learned anything from the pandemic, and, and I don't say that lightly because there's, a, there's, a, there's still a lot of fallout in people's lives several years later, from the pandemic, but the pandemic has taught us something that the world can pass away like that. Just like that. As Tommy Cooper used to say. Just like that. Can pass away. It's, it's quite incredible. So, so he said, but whoever does the will of God will live forever. It, it's, so, two, so two things there. So, so if we are drawn in by me, my and I, over time... That is toxic for your spiritual life. It, it makes us a small package rather than the whole of creation, the whole of God's favour, right? And, 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 if, and if we are drawn in by this age, and so I hear, I hear some Christians, their view on 
what the Bible says has changed because they're being more influenced by this age rather than by the Holy Spirit and what the Word of God. So people say, oh, the Bible's out of date now. Oh, that was meant then. That's, that's, that's this age speaking. That's the way of this age. Final thing. So the solution then. Love, the love of God. So there's the pollution and uh, solution. With this, we'll be closing. And uh, we're, we're, we'll be coming to an end in a moment too. And uh, so the solution is love for God. And we, we read this in verses, um, the, the, the final verses, uh, verses six, six to 10. We read this. So he, so he says, but, but God gives more grace. This is why the scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favour to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Humble yourselves before the Lord. Submit yourselves before God. Humble yourselves before the Lord. Come near to him and he will come near to you. The greatest thing this, 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 there's one thing, if, 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 you can, if you can remember one thing this morning, if you can remember one line, it's this. The greatest thing that you and I can do in this life is love God with all your heart. Do you know, this, this, is, this is easy but incredibly challenging. This is the most wonderful thing you and I can do. It's the greatest thing that you and I can do. The greatest thing in life. If you could know the great, if you could say to someone, what's the greatest thing I could do in my life? What's the key to life? What's the most amazing, greatest, life-giving thing that I could do? Give, give me the answer. The one great thing. People, people pay, they, they, they go on life coaches and spend hundreds and thousands of pounds to find out. It's the greatest thing. This is it for free. This is it for free. The greatest thing that you and I can do is love God with all your heart, mind and soul. Jesus, now that is, that is I'm only saying, I'm repeating something that I've learnt, we've learned. I've learned from Jesus and you'll learn from Jesus. Jesus said himself, when asked what's the greatest commandment in life, he said, love God you know, with all your heart, mind, soul and strength. Love your God with everything you've got. Give him your life. And then you love your neighbour as yourself. That, if you forget the greatest, write down the greatest thing that I can do in this life is love God with all my heart. We make it very difficult. I've got to do this, I've got to do that, I've got to read this, I've got to, I've got to get that teaching, got to buy it, got to do, got to this. This is it. The greatest thing that you and I can do is love God with all of our heart. Jesus said that himself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength. Neighbour as yourself. And so, this is, and, and so this is, we read it, and you, you'll see it right in front of you. He says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God gives a favour if you humble your heart. To be humble basically says, and it, it's included with the word, submit yourselves to God. Gives grace to the humble. Opposes the proud, gives grace to the humble. You'll read it there. And it says, submit yourselves to God then. Those, those words are linked. So, so to submit and to be humble. To submit to God and be humble. To be humble and to submit. It basically says, I can't do this life on my own. I need you. God, I give you. God, I need you and I give my life to you. That's what it means to submit and to be humble. 
It's of great pride that we say, human beings say, don't need God, there is no God, don't need God, I'll do it my way. That's pride, that's great pride. And that causes us to fall away. But to come before God, to submit and to say, and acknowledge that I need you, God. I need you in my life, I need you in my home, I need you in my marriage, I need you. We need you, Father God. He gives favour. And it says something beautiful, gives grace to the humble. The word grace literally means unmerited, unearned favour. The unmerited and unfavour of God is given to those that say, I need you, God. I give you my life. I acknowledge. I'm, I'm proud. I can't do it on my own. I, that's pretty incredible and simple thing that you and I can do right here, right now, right this very second, right this very moment. And God gives us his favour, his very presence and his love. It's, 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 it's the most amazing thing that you and I can do today. And, it, and, and, he, says, and he says there, Come near to God and he will come near to you. And so it takes us to have an... So, so it's to come to a point where we say, God, forgive me. I live in life for me. I want to live for you. And I know I can't do this without you. I need you. That's to submit and to yield and to become humble. And then he says, come near to God and he will come near to you. And it literally means that it takes intention to turn your face towards God. And you and I need to come again and again, turning our face towards God. Jesus, this is something interesting. James says, come near to God and he will come near to you. Jesus himself said, come and follow me to the disciples. Follow me. Uh, Jesus said to the disciples, you know, pick up your cross. Follow me. Come and do this daily. Can Can you see the theme here? The theme is, Follow, have an intention. And so the most beautiful, and so we make it difficult. We say, I've got to read all of this. I've got to know all of this. I've got to be able to, 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 to get that. I've got, to, I've got to have knowledge of this and, and I've got to have the Bible and I've got to have all these laws and I've got to follow all of this. Jesus didn't say any of that. He said, your knowledge will come when you love me. And this is why Christians burn out and Christians say church is no good and it's not working for me because we've been reading all the stuff and following all the... But it's loving him. And the experiential love knowledge transfers into our hearts and released in our minds. It's quite remarkable. But it takes an intention. And this is, the, this is the challenge and this is the simplicity. The simplicity is to acknowledge that I need God, that I can't do it on my own and I've been proud by living for my, me and I acknowledge that toxicity. This is the solution. And to say, I give my life to you and to come again and again and again and again and again. I'm not saying being born again, 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 but come back again. Something I've said in our church, and I'm not going to apologise for saying this, but repeated moments build momentum. Simple things like coming to Jesus and saying, I need you, Lord. Forgive me for living for me. I love you. Every Come again. Later on in the day. I'm not saying that you have to spend, you know, you have to become a monk and go and live on an island on your own so that you can get the pre- into the presence of God. M- little moments, this is so underrated. If you can have repeated moments, I- I'm going to talk more about this in the future, about following him on another occasion, but if we can have repeated moments of just saying, Lord, I, I love you, I give my life to you, 
take my life, I'm giving. Something amazing happens. Those moments when continued, repeated again and again, and Jesus, come near to God, that's what James said, follow me, we keep doing that. Something amazing begins to happen. You, you find that your heart starts to line up. Um, you find that your mind starts to line up, wire up. Honestly, it, it, this is what Paul says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You become rewired, almost, heart and spirit. It, it's, honestly, I was like, try it. You find that you, and what happens is you have a new default setting. The, so moments, just a moment. So for me, it'd be, it'd be in the shower, my day, give you my heart, my life, Lord, I need you. I find that I default to that. I do that. Please try it. Come again. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Let's pray. God bless you. Love of self, love of this world is the pollution. But love of God and love for God. Lord Jesus, should we stand together? Please stand with me. Maybe you're here this morning and for the very first time, and I'm not saying, if, in many, I, I know many, I recognise many, I, I, I'm, you know, but I don't take anything for granted. But you're, you're here this morning. And, uh, but, but if you're here maybe for the first time or, or, or you're here and you've never done this before, uh, I want to say to you, if you haven't said to God in your life, forgive me for living for me, I want, I'm going to give you my life, then this morning for the very first time, will you do that? Should we do that together? Almighty God and Heavenly Father, I'm sorry that I've lived my life for myself. And for the very first time, I'm going to say to you, forgive me, I want to live for you. Help me, favour me so that I can live for you. Through your Son, Jesus, I pray. Change my heart, change my mind. If you're a Christian here this morning then I want to encourage you to come again and again, even in moments, just coming before Jesus, asking his forgiveness, tell him that you love him. Let the Holy Spirit touch your heart, even if it's just a few minutes, but every day, again and again and again. If that's you, then pray with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today. Forgive me for allowing the toxicity of this world the me, my, and I, and the age in which we live, the way of this age, beginning to come into my life. I come to you afresh today, and I acknowledge my need of you, my sorrow for living for me, and I give you my heart and life afresh. I love you, Jesus. Fill me again, Holy Spirit. Draw me closer to you as I come to you, and help me As I do this, and I'm reminded to do this, may this become a new pattern in my life of coming to you again and again, again and again in love, so that you might come to me in love again and again, again and again. In your name I pray. And Father God, I pray for an empowerment of your Holy Spirit to touch all of our hearts and minds here this morning. And in those brief moments when I think, I need need you, Lord, and and I come again, 
and I've read something and I've opened up my heart and I've just prayed a prayer. It's only been a few moments and I've slipped up the next day, but I come back to you again. And then the next day I find myself drifting away, but I come back to you again. I pray that those moments, even if they be brief, will become continued, regular, empowered, begin to re-transform our minds, transform and change our hearts, Holy Spirit. Draw us closer to you. Keep us in line with your heartbeat, Father. Put your heart in my heart, Lord, and that we might be changed from glory to glory, changed into become more like you, Jesus, we pray, bathed in your love, loved by the Father, in the power of the Holy Spirit, we ask. Um, transform those moments into a new momentum of following you, Jesus, we pray. In your mighty name, we ask. Amen. Amen. God bless you. May you have a great day and an amazing week.